Have you ever wanted to host a podcast but didn't know where to start? Anchor is here to help. With built-in recording and editing tools, Anchor has everything you need to get your podcast off the ground. The Anchor app lets you record or edit from wherever you are. You can record with people remotely and you can add songs from Spotify or the Anchor audio library right into your episodes. The best part about Anchor, in my opinion, is that they will distribute your episodes for you. The reason why you can listen to my podcast is because Anchor took care of the publishing. If you're looking to get started in the world of podcasting, visit anchor.fm. I do actually have another thought on the pillows. You know, oh well, well, it's because oh, I, at my house, uh-huh. I have two couches. <laughs> and <laughs> Your house with three dudes that live in it. Absolutely. You being one of them. Yeah, it's the, the dude palace. It, no one, oh God, no one calls it that. that. Absolutely. No one calls it that. Um, I'm going to call it that from now on. Could, but, that'd you know. be great if you didn't. Um, <laughs> but I have my two couches and I have my three matching white fuzzy pillows mm-hmm. I that I them. absolutely love. Yes. But that's my little bit. See, I was taught growing up mm-hmm. that men are just like, it's you're, you're clean cut. Everything's got to be like simple and straightforward and blah, blah, blah. And so my house is all like, it's all painted the same color. All my furniture, it's it's like weak tones of like gray or like, you know, whatever. And mm. my pillows though, the white fuzzy pillows are my one little splash of like, oh, that's cute, you know? Yeah. Because I like fuzzy things and it's okay to like fuzzy things. It is okay to like fuzzy things. Sometimes when I'm at your house, I think of all the ways I would redecorate it if that's I fair. had the time or mm. if I was allowed to. I'm like, this Oh yeah, not it's my very opinion much... to have because it's not where I live. So <clears throat> well, no, I... you're you're free to share your ideas, but uh, they're very good. Yeah, I'm, I'm not going to do any of them. I know. And that's why <laughs> I keep them in the brain. That's why I keep them in the drafts. So oh. I sit there and watch basketball and think, this is what I would do if I were if I lived here and I had your money. But whatever, it's fine. Welcome back to the Pyramid, guys, gals, and non-binary pals. My name is Ben. I'm your host every single week. This week, uh, we are talking about an episode that is centered around, well, not centered, but relies heavily on the topic of race. So I have brought in a white man, Hooray! Eli. Woo! Very exciting. To be quite frank, uh, the podcast space is clearly lacking in the opinions of straight white men. So <laughs> yeah. this is really bold yeah. of you, really brave. I honestly thank you. Well, you are the first dude to be on the podcast. I'm a trailblazer. So yeah, yeah. Hopefully the last. Okay. Um. So tell the tell me tell the squad um, about your experience with the arts in general so uh when i was 11 years old and i was uh signing up for middle school classes my mother signed me up for middle school band she says you're doing this for one year i'd never played an instrument before she says you're doing this for one year and if you hate it then you can quit i said okay i walked into class and i saw my best friend the whole world chris in the back no no no. i i will meet patrick later (sighs) Uh, but Chris, he and I lived across the street from each other. We'd known mm-hmm. each other since we were, we could speak. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I walked in, I saw him, I was like, this is going to work out. And that middle school band class turned into high school band and college band and various performance, independent yeah. performance ensembles. And now I've been a music teacher for almost a decade. So, uh, 
I appreciate my mother for forcing me to take <laughs> middle school band. But it's been music primarily. That yes, primarily felt. music. Orchestral I mean, I concert, like, marching, all those things. Right. Yeah. I, I I mean, I used to like draw a bunch when I was a kid. It never really like turned into anything. I'm, I'm mostly music. Yes. Yeah. What's your experience with the dance moms? So um, not I'm not well read in dance moms. Sure. I dated a dancer early in college and she watched dance moms. So as I like passed through the living room or something, I might catch a scene of a bunch of like mothers screaming at each other. <laughs> yeah. And that, that is my experience with dance moms prior to watching this full episode. Nice. So let's talk about the pyramid of culture of life of mm -hmm. the world. Um, do you have any, you've, you told me before we started recording, you've got something for the bottom. I do. What you got also listeners. This is your weekly apology for, if you can hear my cat, she has a bell on. She's too cute to take it off. Yes. I, it's, <laughs> she's very stylish with she's her so little sweet. bell. I love her. Yeah. Um, so the bottom of the pyramid for me, this is the bad thing, right? The thing that yes. I am not a fan of. Correct. So my heart was broken actually recently, very recently by an animal that will remain unnamed, but getting rejected by a shy <gasps> animal is the bottom of the pyramid. It is the most heartbreaking ever. <laughs> I love animals so much. I love dogs and cats. I, I love every kind of animal and a certain very cute kitten with a bell is very shy and doesn't trust straight men. white men. She doesn't which like is, men. That's, no, that's correct. She's she's right for doing that, but still breaks my heart because she's very cute Aww, and I want to pet so her. Sweet. And so getting rejected by a shy animal for pets is just, that's the bottom, bottom of the pyramid. <laughs> the lowest level of human experience. She is so sweet. She's very cautious around my dad, you, and Jake. And Jake, my best friend, mm -hmm. um, she warms up to Jake pretty easily. That's good. Um, she did not warm up to you. And she's now okay with being in the same room as my dad. But like when he takes a step towards her, she walks away. She's like, right. that's enough. No more. No more interaction with men. Thank you very much. Yeah. She warms up really easily to women. So you have to kind of ration that kind of thing out anyway. It's true. Interactions with men. <laughs> it's yeah. true. Um, my bottom of the pyramid experience. I actually had this today and I'm kind of bummed that that this happened in general. I found out, have you heard about Whoopi Goldberg and the incendiary things that she has said on the news? No. Did you hear about, or on The View, and she's not on the news, but the no. news has been talking about I, it. No, I know who Whoopi Goldberg is. So she made, you know, in light of what we're talking about, this is like pretty, pretty apt. She made a comment about, and I don't know, oh, oh, I know what brought this up. They're talking about all of these book bannings that are happening across the country at the moment. Of, Yay, America. Yeah, different school systems and different whoever, whatever is pulling books off of shelves. Mm -hmm. um, the teachings of the Holocaust and how teachers are now in different places required to teach both sides. There's not. Okay, <laughs> hold on. I know. As, I know. Uh, as I know. a person who was raised Jewish <laughs> with mm -hmm. a Jewish family, there are not two sides <laughs> To the Holocaust. My goodness. Who are we? What are we doing here? Great question. Oh, my God. So, Whoopi, on The View. They're, so, they're so The View is talking about these this book banning thing that's happening. And right. the specific subject of the Holocaust is what was brought up. Um, so, someone, someone had said on The View, one of the hosts said that it was about white supremacy and that the Nazis are, you know, endorsing this white supremacist view on the world. And Whoopi Goldberg puts, puts in her two cents and her two cents are 
um, that she does not or did not at the time believe that the Holocaust was about race. She says, this isn't a race thing. The Holocaust is about how we treat each other on a daily basis. What? And some of the other hosts were like, come again? What? Care to elaborate? And she was like, well, I mean, it's just about inhumanity is what it, what it really boils down to. So she, at the time of recording, this we're recording this before it's being released, but at the time of recording, she's been suspended from The View for two weeks. And yeah. I yeah. yeah, I don't know if she was told to seek out or uh, privately sought out education. She's talked to different people who are leaders in history and people from people from CNN um, <laughs> to talk about to talk about it. And the footage that the coverage that I saw, she has put out this apology saying, like, this is what I thought and I'm wrong. And okay. I'm very sorry for saying such an, an incredibly wrong thing on television. I'm very sorry for all the hurt that I've caused. Thank you to, and then she lists a couple people. Thank, thank you to these people for teaching me and educating me on the real origins of the Holocaust. Okay. That all sounds good. That it's- sounds fine. She's on the bottom of the pyramid because I think because the, the initial- Holocaust is something you should know about. You know what I mean? <laughs> I feel like, yeah. But- With like the American obsession with the victory narrative, right. the Holocaust is taught constantly. You should know what the T is. Well, the World Whoopi War Goldberg, II is she's, taught. Well, is sure, taught but she's constantly. she's way older than either of us. Sure, she should know. She was a she went through public schooling before the all of this stuff happened, so she should know what the Holocaust was and that it was about what it was about. You know what I mean? Sure. It I, just seems like a, a very weird thing to be off base about. I would agree. I, I, you know, I've only known the American public education system as far as I've experienced it and right. taught in it. I don't know what it was like back then, but I think you might be giving the American public education system too much credit. That could very well be possible. we love teaching about the war that we won. Sure. We don't like teaching about the atrocities. They like teaching uh, Germany was taking over the world. Yeah, also they had some concentration camps, but they were taking over the world and, mm-hmm. and the U.S. just couldn't let that happen. And yeah. boy, were we heroic when we stepped in and blah, blah, blah. Right. Uh, that's the stuff they teach. There is not a lot about the actual like buildup of Hitler's power in Germany. There's not mm-hmm. a lot about it. So while, yes, she belongs at the bottom of the pyramid because we would hope that people would know about this. But I don't know, man. Seems like kind of an, a popular thing to not know anything about. Right. That's kind you of. You know what, what I mean? I'm I don't not, know. I'm not making an excuse by any means, but I mean, look where we are right now. True. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Do you have anything else for the bottom? Um, no. I think uh, Whoopi Goldberg and Shy Animal Rejection are, are pretty apropos. I have one more. I have three right, to make it an even three. Let's hear it. Um, I. Cannot I talked about this on the episode with Meredith about how I exist in the world is typically through the lens of of um, emotions that can be tied back to anger, right? I'm an Enneagram type eight. I'm a Leo. I'm a second born. I I just have a lot of anger in me constantly, um, and I cannot express the anger I feel when there is a certain person I work with 
Well, no, no, I don't work with this person. This person shows up at my job sometimes in his professional capacity. And every time I see him and I'm talking to another woman, he interrupts me to not, not to contribute to the conversation, but to start a random story to talk about how cool of a person he is. Yikes. It makes me feel insane because he's doing it so casually and so, um, so just like honestly that it's just like, well, who wouldn't want me to jump in and start talking about myself? <laughs> and then I feel like I'm the annoying one because I'm like, is it is anybody else watching this? This is so annoying that yeah. he and every time he shows up at my job in his you know, professional capacity, not being weird. He just he will see me and usually one other person I work with talking and will be like, oh, hey, and he'll just start. And I don't even know this man's name and he doesn't even know mine. That's how sh- much of strangers we are to Fantastic. each other. It is so frustrating. And I understand, like, I I get it if you see two people that you know and you happen to interrupt them and it's like whatever, whatever. I do not know this man. You know what I mean? Like, it is so, it's just very frustrating. Being interrupted by a stranger for him to talk about how lit he is, I can't. I can't and I won't. very cool. He's like 60 even better drives me nuts yeah drives me nuts and he only does it to women i've seen him do it i've seen him walk up to conversations between a woman and a man and wait but when it's me and this other woman i work with he just is like starts talking about himself i can't and i won't drives me nuts that's fair thank you for your validation what do you (laughs) what do you have for the middle of the pyramid uh for the middle, mm-hmm. I have. Oops. What have you done? Nothing. It's fine. My <laughs> mic stand is fine. It just, it's fine. I see. I've got, um, not to be like this guy, but, but, <laughs> but uh, grammatical errors. And I'm not saying, oh my God. I'm not saying, <laughs> no, I'm ready. Like y'all or that versus dat or whatever. Like those are dialects, those are just differences in how like pronunciations or they're like you're on that your 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 regional yeah that drives me nuts but the one that sparked this was recently someone said all of the sudden which is incorrect it is all of a sudden by the way oh i didn't even know that right and it the the thing with it the reason it's at the middle and not the bottom because this specifically i looked it up in (laughs) merriam-webster like the dictionary Mm -hmm. and it said like correct is all of a sudden right however all of the sudden has kind of like it's a result of a combination of things like misinterpretations Mm -hmm. of old text blah blah but it's also like when we talk really quickly we just kind of slur things together Mm -hmm. and so people hear it as all of a sudden Mm -hmm. and you're like oh i guess they said the because it just kind of slurs together Especially so in the it, South. Exactly. And so yeah. like that's just become like, I guess, an idiom for like a couple hundred years. So I'm not going to like totally poop on it and put <laughs> it at the bottom of the pyramid. Right. It's at the middle because I don't love it, but I understand it. Sure. And that's all I'll say on the matter. <laughs> Very nice. Um, my middle of the pyramid is um, the gatekeeping that's happening in sports because... I don't feel like there is room for a casual sports fan. You know what I mean? I know exactly what you mean. I feel like, 
like I love basketball. I think basketball is great. It's my favorite sport to watch in person on TV. I love basketball. Um, but when I express my support for the team, I support, and someone's like, well, what do you think about this person? I'm like, I don't know. I just like to watch basketball or when people talk, especially about football. Oh my God. I love, I want this on the record. I love my brother-in-law. If I would chop off my right leg and eat it, if he wanted me to, I love him. However, He's just one of those people that just has lots of facts in his brain. Yeah. And it's great. And he can talk about football with my dad all day long. But sometimes there are people, and he doesn't do this. He's just, he's on the, the cusp. There are people who have all those things in their brain. And the only form of like valid fandom is if you know all the random things too. Yep. It's just very frustrating. And like, I would love, I would love to be able to support the, uh, this isn't doxing the Memphis Grizzlies because I live in Tennessee. I would love to do that because they're a professional basketball team. But since I haven't been watching them since I was in utero, I don't feel like I'm allowed to. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? I, yes. I experience this a lot of the time. Yeah. I have a lot of these facts, but I'm not going to like shame someone who doesn't. Yeah. It's just annoying. And I think it's also a bigger problem in the South, which to be fair, my only experience is Southern. So maybe that's just me being biased against the South, but I just feel like there's not a lot of room for, well, I'm just going to watch the the Grizzlies game because I live in Tennessee and I like basketball. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, do you know where everybody went to college? Do you know where what position they played when they were in high school? Do they, you know what blood type they have? Like <laughs> there's all of this stuff. And then as an arts person, I'm told I'm the weird one. Right. That's ridiculous. You know right. what I mean? So it's in the middle because I get it. I understand that people like I have my thing, right? And I have my people and my artists that I am very familiar with that I love to talk about. And I and there's nothing that that makes me more excited than meeting somebody who matches my interest level in the arts. I love that. Yeah. But it's so that is why it's in the middle because I get it. Mm-hmm. Um and I do think that there is a lot of validity like my brother-in-law knowing all these things but not telling people he's like, "Well, you're not as big of a fan as me." You know, he doesn't do that. <laughs> right. So he, you know, he does this successfully, you know, with without gatekeeping people. But it's right. just so annoying. Like, let people casually enjoy things. Yes. You know what I mean? Agree. Especially with the Super Bowl coming up. Everybody's an expert on football. Everybody knows everything about everybody. And the only thing I know about the Super Bowl is that Joe Burrow is going to the Super Bowl because when he had that video on Twitter go viral, I was obsessed with him. So I know where he is. I'm tracking my mans. That's fair. But that's it. That's all I know about the Super Bowl. And if, <laughs> and if I wanted okay. if I wanted to casually watch it, I don't feel like I'm allowed to. I got to like really you, well you're not even from Cincinnati or where the wherever the other team is whatever the other team is playing. I don't know. The Rams. Okay, great. I'm not even from the whatever state that is. Like so it's like I'm not allowed to watch it because I'm not from one of those places. Right. Also I know Cincinnati's not a state, but you know what I mean. <laughs> it's just annoying. So it's in the middle of the pyramid because it's annoying and I hate it, but also I get it. Sure. What do you have for the top, my brother? Uh, the top of the pyramid. Mm-hmm. I've got, uh, speaking of football, I have Dang. <laughs> former, no, hold on, former Miami Dolphins head coach, Brian Flores. Do not if, know who that is. That's okay. Well, <laughs> you're probably gonna, because right Ooh. now he's bringing a lawsuit against the NFL for, I think I wrote it down. He's bringing a lawsuit for potential tampering and racism in the hiring process. 
He was like one of a couple black coaches, black head coaches in the NFL. Mm -hmm. And there have been, I won't go into a ton of detail, but I am, it's a shame that it's come to this, but he is being very brave and potentially sacrificing the rest of his career uh, to be like a whistleblower for a lot of like really unacceptable and skeevy, terrible things that are going on behind the scenes in the NFL. Um, We saw kind of the same thing with Colin Kaepernick many years ago. Uh, Yeah. He was literally blacklisted um, because he made a stand about social rights and, and social equality and stuff. And yeah, that's a whole different conversation. (laughs) (laughs) But coach, former head coach, Brian Flores is at the top of my pyramid because he's doing what's right even though it's not the thing that's comfy or whatever for him or, you know, he's just awesome. (laughs) My top of the pyramid is not nearly as impressive. That's okay. I talked about cats at the bottom. True. I love, I like, I have, I know you're not on TikTok because you're 50 years old, but I am. (laughs) And I love seeing a specific type of video pop up on like my recommended page. And it's people whose whole social media presence is dedicated to cleaning and organizing and you like these videos i love i'm not kidding there was a day this last week i had a very stressful week at work last week as is the case for most weeks i'm at work at my current job yes and i was like if i don't watch somebody refill their glass container with tide pods i'm gonna have a mental breakdown (laughs) (laughs) i'm gonna sit in my uh, place where i work and sob you know what i mean like i have to watch them and so i just sat there and i will scroll through these people's pages like they are about to get shut down. You know what I mean? I sure. am. I, I love it. brings me so much peace <laughs> or to watch somebody be like, this is the cleaning product I use when I like clean my sink. Like I love stuff like that. So I love it. I've always liked like the before and afters with yes. like, this is before the room is painted or yes. before the, the carpet has been steam cleaned. And here's the after it's like, mm-hmm. I, so I understand like the satisfaction that comes with that. Sure. I love them. There's, they are very special to me. And I know people, will say like, I don't like consuming that content because it stresses me out because it makes me feel like I'm not doing enough. Right. Look Uh, at, you know, all these people have all this time to be clean and organized and it makes me feel like I can't whatever. And I get that. Uh, But also, no, I don't because I love it. (laughs) I don't understand that struggle. (laughs) It is not my own, but cleaning and organizing videos, it just, it really like scratches a specific itch in my brain. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. Absolutely. It's the best. Okay, so you ready to talk about this episode? You ready to get into it? Yes, I have many notes. Okay, good. Me too. Um, so this episode is interesting because, and I don't know if maybe this is because it's on Hulu and it's been like uploaded to a streaming service, but we didn't get any of the last time on Dance Moms that we normally get. Um, so we just jump like right into what's going on for this. And I think I think that's just because it's been uploaded and it was, you know, originally on cable and whatever. Um, so we start out at the studio in Studio A, the one that has all the mirrors, the big studio, um, talking about last week. Last week, we won the Victory Cup. They won they won everything. Last week, then um, the last episode, they did the Where Have All the Children Gone number, which is the one with all the spoken word poetry, and it's very creepy and very weird. It's my episode with Caitlin. If you haven't listened to it, you should listen to it because it's very funny. Um, and so they won the whole thing because of that dance, and Abby you know, doesn't hesitate to note that she's also really glad that the moms kept their mouth shut. Yeah. She thinks that contributed to their success last week. Yeah. Just like the immediate. Okay. So (laughs) I've like never watched a full episode of dance moms, obviously. Except for today. And uh, yeah, outside of today. And 
she starts off my first note was positive beginning comma then immediate passive aggression towards moms yep I was like, oh, Every wow, time. we're we're hitting the ground running with oh, this one. Oh, huh? yeah. There is no in-between. Yeah. Oh, great. Um, this week, they're going to Star Power in Connecticut at a resort. So this is like a bigger, um, it's almost like a tournament, except they're not going up against each other, but it's like they're dancing constantly. It's, multi, it's multi-day, multi-day competition. Um, they're at this resort. They're staying there. All of the stuff is there. So it's, it's a bigger deal. Um, and because of this, they're obviously, they're staying for longer they're not just getting up you know in the past we've just seen them get on the bus in the morning and get home that night but they're going for multiple days and so abby wants everybody to pack their suitcase in front of her so that she knows that everybody has everything but there were issues but kathy of course because kathy can't just pipe down for once in her life she goes yeah i don't think we're gonna do that yeah she's very like intentionally against the grain it seems i just very much got that vibe from her yes if if there is a way to oppose something that's happening without she's gonna do it starting a full-blown fight oh yeah oh yeah for sure it's just so annoying so she we're gonna hear more from her later um we're doing a routine this week that's called make you mine and she says it's theatrical, which I do not think that that is an appropriate Hard title. Disagree. <laughs> I don't think this woman's ever been to a theater before based on this performance. Um, but it's like a jazz. She also says it's like a jazz routine. So it's not one of the slow ones with feeling. It's not tap. It's not hip hop, obviously. It's something kind of in between. It's jazz. Mm-hmm. So five days out from the competition, we're seeing this ballet like tech class that's happening she's she's um working with the students on their technique it's not ballet i shouldn't say that it's like dance technique um and all the moms are upstairs in the in the um, observation room and kathy says that she thinks it's really stinky that vivi's at the bottom now we as an audience did not see abby talk about the pyramid we saw it and it was just like maddie at the top everybody in the middle and then vivi and um mckenzie at the bottom but she doesn't go down the list this week, which is kind of odd. Or maybe she did and they just cut it for time. Yeah, I wonder. But yeah, it was just very strange that that didn't happen. But either way, Kathy is just thinks it's really stinky that Vivian's on the bottom. Yeah, I uh, I wish we'd gotten more context context with that. <laughs> yeah, because yeah. I'm confused as to what the what the issue was. Yes. And then also last week. So Kathy's also bringing up something that happened last week again. Mm-hmm. Um. So last week, Brooke, who is Kelly's oldest daughter, she had to borrow Vivi's costume because I can't remember what the issue was with the costume, but she has to borrow Vivi's. She just has to go. And it was an emergency kind of thing. She has to borrow. Oh, I think it didn't fit. I think it was like way, it like didn't fit really, really uh, noticeably. And so she had to get a different one. I can't remember. Um, But Kathy goes up to Brooke like right before Brooke is about to leave the dressing room to go compete. And it's like, take it off. That's my kid's costume. Take it off. And so Brooke had to compete in like the stuff she wears to rehearsals. She couldn't, she didn't have a costume that week. And it was a big deal because that's not, you know, that's not the social norm. That's not. Yeah. It's embarrassing. for Yeah. The performer. It's just, it was very weird that she chose to do that right before Brooke went on stage. Um, and so Kathy makes this big fuss and she's like, oh, I just don't think it's very professional. And she has said this before. 
that her studio is more organized and she knows what she's doing and her moms are better prepared and blah, blah, blah. And so she says, well, I just don't think that like this is appropriate. And I just don't think that's going to happen anymore. I think we're just done with this. And it immediately cuts to Kelly and she calls Kathy the B word. (laughs) (laughs) It it was just very, it it was just very funny. Very reality television. Yes. Yeah. And and Kelly is just sitting there like whatever. But in the talking head, she's like, yeah, I hate her. Can't stand her. (laughs) It's great. Yeah, for sure. So then Christy pipes in, standing up for her girl, her girl, her girl, Kelly, and is like, well, you know, sooner or later, Abby is going to start yelling at you too. So don't put your cart before the horse. Like you are going to get it just as bad as we get it later on. And Kathy says, well, I think I can just flash her some dead presidents and maybe she won't care. Yeah. Very strange way to put that. Yeah, that's yeah. And the other moms (laughs) kind of laugh, but they're all kind of looking at each other like, Uh uh yeah, Yeah. we'll we'll see. They're doing that thing that that women do, where they are sending each other a message telepathically, and it's like we all hate her, right? We're all on the same page in our brain. We're all we're all cool with this. Yeah, yeah. In our group brain, we all hate her, right? Just just check (laughs) a temp check. We all hate. Okay, yeah, we all hate her. Okay, great. Kathy is clearly like more recently joined into this, correct? Correct. Okay. She's bra- She's been here since the beginning of the first season, but like, I think the first or second, ep- I think it's the first episode is her first time there ever. Mm-hmm. And these moms have been together for like five years. Yeah. So, yeah. So Kathy's clearly trying to like establish some sense of dominance or like kind of force her way into the thing mm-hmm. and trying to wear them down. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's a tough thing to do with this crew. Yeah. Um, okay, so that was five days out. Now we're going to four days out from the competition. Maddie is practicing a routine called Angel. We get this backstory from Melissa that this is for her mom. And Melissa talks about going to get her coffee and seeing a picture of her mom every morning, which I thought was very sweet. Yeah. Um, and then Melissa says that she doesn't have anybody because she doesn't have her mom. Now, I have not lost a parent. I cannot speak to that experience. I can, I very fortunately, very luckily, I do not understand what she's going through. Um, But I do find it interesting that she is around a group of people, the same group of people, almost every day for five years and believes that she doesn't have anybody with her. Right. You know, and it's, it, it is evident because when she says that, Christy has this look of like, what about us? We're here for you constantly. We, they like drive each other's kids home. Like they're they're in some sort of community. So I think that the comment that she made about I don't have anyone is just an interesting comment that just, you know. I wonder if maybe she didn't even like think the whole thing through. I think I wonder if maybe she was just saying, I don't have anyone fam- like in my family to rely on because, sure. you know, friends and family, you know, there's different relationships there. I don't know. I I don't know. Maybe she's just trying to be strange. a little dramatic or maybe she's just like feeling very sad. And, and sure. in that moment, she mm-hmm. just felt very alone. And, and you know, I don't know. I, I, I hope there <laughs> wasn't an ulterior motive where she's leveraging her deceased mother for like sympathy or whatever. Yeah, we're going to have to come back to that because I've got I've got more thoughts about that whole thing later on. But that's the first time we hear about it. Mm-hmm. Then that same day we cut to... Nia, oh rehe- yep, rehearsing what Abby at the moment is calling a character piece. Yeah, that's a very, that's a clever way of putting that. Yeah. 
it's like when people say like, well, I don't want this to sound anti-women, but However. it's like, I don't want this to sound like what it's going to sound like, but <laughs> yeah. I'm going to say it even though it sounds that way anyway. Right. Yeah. I, this whole deal, I don't want to get too far into the episode, <laughs> but this whole thing was so bizarre. Like yes, I, I that's kept, a good word. I kept feeling like Abby was going to say something to try and protect herself, but she continued just like <laughs> she digging doubled the down. hole deeper. Yeah. I have doubled down written in my <laughs> notes, that exact phrase. She just really went after it. We'll oh, get yeah. to the, her conversation with Holly later, but my goodness, man. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I, I want to put this out there because this is not talked about enough. So she is basing her, she's basing Nia's dance around what is, what's house music from an artist who at the time was known as Laquifa. That was the right. name. I have to say this because it matters. The artist formerly known as Laquifa is now known as Shangela. And Shangela is RuPaul's Drag Race royalty. Shan Shangela is impossibly famous. Like, I'm trying to think of like a like a straight guy comparison. Yeah, like, um, I, I'm gonna be totally honest with you. I've never heard that name before. No, it's life. okay. Um, I'm aware of Laquifa. <laughs> right, because you saw the episode. Well, no, no, no. I actually, I they said that, and I was like, where have I heard that? Before? Oh, yeah. I don't know where. So I that heard it before, that but, was like, her. Middle name, or it's her middle name now, and she now goes by Shangela Laquifa, and then she has a last name depending on what um, house she belongs to. She's like, she's Tom Brady in, she's Peyton Manning in okay. in terms of like everybody knows who that is. Everybody okay. who's ever even had a homosexual thought <laughs> knows who Shangela is. She, <laughs> she's I iconic oh man she's just been around she's been around for a while and she's just she does a lot of stuff you know what okay. i mean so it's not that she's been around since like before rupaul was born she's not um she's not nina west or lady bunny she's not like that she's not super old she <laughs> she's just very prolific she does a lot of stuff she's in a lot of ads she's been on three different seasons of drag race she's very famous in this like niche community got it and this is her stuff. Her stuff. And later on, Abby is going to reintroduce this number and have Nia revisit it. And Shangela shows up. What pre drag race? This is like Peyton Manning on his high school football team. That's pretty cool. It's insane. And Abby's like, "Oh, I just know Shangela." It's I have that's wild. I have questions. I have questions about. Oh. How did you meet? How do you know each other? Also, Shangela, why are you sticking around Abby Lee Miller, who is a racist? What is going I on? I wonder if she saw the show and was like, oh, they're using my song. And maybe the producers reached out or something. I guess. So she, quote unquote, knows no, yeah, Shangela, no, yeah, but okay. doesn't yeah. yeah. So it And it, Shangela is a black drag queen. So that is worth mentioning. That the artist who put this song out, put it out as house music for a drag show um, culture right as house music and it's being used in this context right so all of that to say that now abby says to us in her talking head that she's teaching nia different ethnic dances which is a phrase that i hate saying yeah, but i'm gonna have to say really it because that's what she says mm -hmm. 
so that when she goes to casting calls that say ethnic, Nia can go to all the casting calls. Your so, thoughts as a as a white man? Yeah. So yeah, <laughs> I'm sure the world is waiting on bated breath. Um, <laughs> Pins and needles. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So it's one thing to say uh, I want my dancers to have a broad set of skills mm-hmm. so that they are best prepared if they choose a life of a professional dancer. Sure. So that's cool. However. That's what, what Abby is <laughs> no. What Abby is doing mm-hmm. is what was the uh, her mother said typecasting, mm-hmm. or she she's like giving her one very specific set of skills. I wonder maybe if it's because she's the only girl of color in that whole class. Mm-hmm. Um, so she's basically saying dance companies will only look for uh, women of color when they want someone ethnic, and. Yeah, these are her God, words. I, I know it's just like yeah, sends a shiver around your spine. Right? I hate it. Yeah, it's so. like hearing guys refer to women as females. Oh, oh <laughs> it's that same feeling of like I yeah. think I'm gonna be sick. You and I have talked <laughs> I, about that, and I oh, I cringe every time. Females. Anyway, yeah. sorry. Continue. Yeah, so that it's it's kind of implying that uh, dance companies would only want her when they specifically want yes. someone of color. Mm-hmm. And the only reason they would want someone of color is to do these quote unquote ethnic dances and have these very specific skill sets. Yes. Not that I, and so there are just tons of problems that come along with that, but especially saying this to like a child. And then when you're called, you know, we'll get to that later. But it's it's just nuts. It's yeah. nuts to do this to a little girl. Yeah. It's it, I. Oh yeah. my god. Um, I also think I understand where Abby's comment about the casting call comes from. Right. Because casting calls will say that they're looking for somebody ethnic. Right. However, Abby is encouraging the idea that Nia should just bend to the whim of the industry. You just said that so much better than I did. I, right, because I'm smarter. It, that's precisely true. <laughs> and funnier. Um, so it, she, what she should be telling Nia is that Nia needs to be prepared for when the industry wants someone that they deem as quote-unquote ethnic. Right. It, and we're, we as theater people see this all the time when there are productions of The King and I or Miss Saigon or these or Once on This Island, which are very notorious shows for their regional um, importance. Right. Like this takes place in post uh, uh, current war Korea. This place takes place during the Korean War. Right. And we're going to hire anybody who looks remotely Korean. That's what it is. And that's what Abby is alluding to. That's not what she says. But the problem that she's talking about is a very real problem. But Abby doesn't identify it as a problem. She identifies it as a reality. Yeah, this is just the way it is. This is just the way it is. And she also doesn't make any sort of effort to tell that to Nia or Holly. I understand this is a problem. I'm not saying the industry should be this way. Yeah. But I'm trying to prepare your child for the industry that historically has not changed. Yeah, there is no... But there's none of that. There's no empathy whatsoever or tact in any of it. No, she's just like, meh, whatever. Yeah. Um... And then Abby pulls Nia aside and asks her if she knows the definition of the word technique. Technique. And Nia does not. <laughs> it is so Brutal. sad. And I felt so sad for her. Yeah, she was, you could see Nia was just like scrambling. I've been there. I remember Ugh. being there as a kid. You get called on. And you're mm-hmm. just like, I, 
like, just say words, just say anything that might be remotely close. Yeah. And she's like, I got nothing. Oh, it is, it is sad, but Abby's not mean to her. She just says like, well, if you, you hear me say that word all the time, you should know what it means. Because if I say it all the time, it's probably an important word. You know, right. she doesn't lash out at her, which she definitely had the opportunity to. And oh, she yeah. didn't, which I was I, excited I, about. I, yeah, I expected. You were waiting for her to be like, oh, was, my God. You I know? was yeah. expecting a mini explosion. Yes. No, and she's like, you should look it up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, which is cool. somehow more terrifying. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so then Melissa interrupts the rehearsal and says, Abby, I just want to let you know. Dawn is here. Dun, dun, dun. Minister Dawn, who... Longtime listeners will know from the first episode came in and raised hell about her daughter being asked to leave rehearsal because she was not dressed appropriately. Yeah. She, I mean, uh, she really, she really made a fool of herself. So she's back uh-huh. and Melissa doesn't know why, but she's here. And so she's letting Abby know Don's in the lobby. Don is refusing to pay her bill is what it is. And she refuses to run Abby her coin. Um, and so Abby's like, okay, great. And so she breaks out the contract that she makes every mom sign. Uh-huh. And she says, these are the terms of the contract that you signed. And so if you don't pay me, I'll see you in court. I've done it before, <laughs> which I thought was like, honestly, kind of a baller move. Yeah. If, if, I mean, if, if that actually happened, it might just be like a scare tactic. Yeah. Where she's I mean, like, I've, oh, I've done it. I haven't done it. I, but I, I wouldn't be surprised if Abby took a dance mom to court because she refused to pay a dollar for a Diet Coke in the machine. You would, know what I mean? Like, I would not be shocked in the least. Yeah. So Dawn is like, well, since you kicked my daughter out of dance once, I'm not paying the the month's worth of or what or whatever the terms of the contract right, were. Yeah, She's yeah. not paying. Um, and Abby also says she also alludes to the like like potential happening that Dawn's daughter, whose name I don't remember, stole a costume. Because she took a picture in the costume, posted it on social media, and Abby doesn't have the costume anymore. Oh, yeah. So she's also like, if you really want to run up into a courtroom, I'll take you to the carpet. I don't care. Because your daughter's also a thief. Right. Yeah. She brings up, she says, uh, like, her her commandments are, thou shall not steal, thou shall not lie, thou shalt not disrespect Abby. Period. Cut to commercial. I was just snap, snap, snap. Yes, because Don is a minister, and (laughs) that never fails to surprise me. My very, I think that was the very, that is the very first episode. My friend Audrey, who went to the same church I went to when we were both children, she said, you know, in my experience as a Christian, I have always found it the most beneficial to scream at people when you feel like they're doing the wrong thing. She said, that's how you get them to the Lord. Scream at them. Absolutely. <laughs> and Dawn is uh, still keeping that attitude. Mm-hmm. Now we're three days out from the competition. Abby dishes out this packing list, which as as a very highly organized, mostly type A person, I love a good list. I do too. I love a list. Tell me what I need to pack. I will pack it. Give yep. me a list. Yep. Ugh, love. Um, And so she says she does this because she wants to make sure everybody looks nice and represents the studio well. They're going to be in this resort, this very nice place for a long period of time. She wants to make sure that everybody looks representative of the image she wants to promote of her studio the whole time, which I don't think is unfair. However, the dress code also applies to the moms. That's where I had an issue. 
that's very much where I had an issue. I, you know, you see all the time when when sports teams travel to away games and they're all walking around in their like matching heck yeah jumpsuits or you know yeah, their, yeah, yeah. their jackets or whatever. Or they get off the bus and they're all in suits. Yeah, exactly. Nice like stuff. yeah, I yeah, professional sports teams do everybody like a lot of groups, competitive groups do that, but you don't see like they're like. Like you wouldn't see the Titans get off the bus and their wives are all wearing matching outfits or whatever. Right, right. That's a little, I think that's a little much. It, it's, it, yeah, yeah. We, which we all know Abby loves to be a little bit much. Um, so yeah. Abby is kind of like going over this list. So all the moms and all the kids are together in the in Studio A talking about this list. Um, and Kathy's like, yeah, we're not doing this. Again, we're back to Kathy being like, I know that's what you want as the owner of the establishment that I am currently a customer of, but right. I don't really care. Um, and she's like, what are these theme nights? And she's like, black and white elegant. And she says, I have brought, bought this very pretty fuchsia formal dress. And Vivi has something that I just bought that's green. So I don't think we're going to do this. Yeah, just going out of her way to make a point <laughs> in front of everyone else. Like, I will not be held down. I will not be told what to do. Like, okay. <laughs> okay, great. Yeah. yeah. And she also makes a comment that's like, not that great, where she says, we're not going to dress like the help. Yeah. That, yeah. I and heard I was that, like, oh, say what? Come again? hair on the back of my mm -hmm. neck stood up. I was like, oh. The help ugh. feels kind of, kind of icky. And we don't ever hear any sort of resolution about this. I would... I would wager a very healthy sum of someone else's money that that Kathy just doesn't anyway. Yeah. <laughs> but she causes a scene and Abby's like, okay, kick rocks. And then Kathy's like, just kidding. I'll do it. Yeah. That's probably why there weren't, it wasn't brought up again because right. she jumped through the hoop. If she continued to battle this there, that's content, you know, that's, oh, and that's a reality show's like, dream. Put on the shoulder rig. Let's film it. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Um, so now we're two days out. Um, and this is just, it's just kind of a random thing that happens. Kathy mentions that there is some sort of like photogenic costume award or something. Oh, and that's so, so bizarre that, yeah, it's very strange. It requires a photo submission. So it's like a bunch of, a bunch of people submitting their kids headshots and saying, which one of these kids looks the best. It's yeah. a very interesting, weird And it's a dance competition. This yeah. isn't a modeling agency. Yeah, what are you what talking does this about? Have to do with it? Yeah. Even, uh, I'll let you continue. Sorry. No, it's okay. And then Vivi says, uh, I don't really want to do this. Yeah. She, she literally <laughs> says, my mom wants me to be famous. I don't want to be a model. <laughs> that is her exact quote. I love Vivi. She's my favorite kid. Yeah. She's I adorable. Love her. She's out here doing her best, man. She's like, I don't really want to do this. Yeah. She's like, hi. <laughs> she's so yeah. sweet. Yeah. She's so sweet. I love her. Um, also, is this, this episode, I don't feel like was edited very well because I can't tell what's in chronological order because now all of a sudden we cut to the group dance and it, there's no way that they were rehearsing this group dance the day before the competition because it said one day or two days until. They didn't learn this in two days. They meant that the conversation between Kathy and Vivi was two days. Mm. This has been, it was just a very weird edit. I don't know. I don't know anything about editing for, for television. I only know about editing on smaller, the small scale, but it just seemed very odd to me. Like, why would you? It was a bit jumpy. I don't know. I think it, that also is just like this show figuring out what it is. Yes. And not having funding because it's the first season, blah, 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 whatever. Very early. Yeah. Um, so now we we cut to the whole group practicing um, their routine. 
any time that Abby says the phrase dance like teenagers, my fight or flight is triggered. <laughs> I hate it. I hate it. She's like, I, the girls get to dance like teenagers and they love it. Why is this a thing? I've, I don't know. It's so often, again, I, I dated a dancer and she. A weird flex, but okay. She, uh, it's not a flex. Uh, <laughs> but I dated someone who had danced uh, like early on in college and she taught classes of kids who are about this age like seven eight nine whatever mm -hmm. and it so often happens that like they try to make these kids do like very adult like yeah and mature, mature. thing mm -hmm. not just movements but also like concepts like from the last oh episode gosh. yeah then it, it's just like it's weird right like they're children yeah. have them dance to to like kids yeah. and do kids stuff yeah it's always interesting to me that that the entertainment industry wants kids to be adults and right. wants to perpetuate the infantilization of women. We want right. women to be children and we want children to be women. Right. No it one's ever good enough. Upsetting and I hate it. We also hear a lot about Nia's technique, which we've heard that before. Out of the competition team, Nia's technique is the least strong. Um, she struggles with things like pointing feet, um, sh uh, lengthening, straightening your elbows, sticking up your arms in like the right way, like all those kinds of things. So she keeps struggling. And Nia says in her interview that she tries really hard, but sometimes it's just too difficult. Yeah. And my it, heart broke a little oh, Shattered. My heart shattered. I felt so bad for her. Excuse me. I'm just going to keep, I'm just going to burp right into the microphone next time and just keep it in. That's a, that's a power move. <laughs> yeah. Um, Abby says that Nia's dance, this Laquifa dance, is a satire on the drag community, drag scene, which I don't think that that is giving off the impression she wants it to give off because satire is making fun of somebody. Yes. So by Abby's own logic, she just admitted that she's mocking people, making fun of people. Right. And we haven't even gotten to the costume part yet. We're not even yeah. there. We're just talking about the routine. Yeah, the routine and the the music. She says it's satire. Uh, and and she says it's satire on the drag community, which the drag community and the gay community are very closely linked. Mm -hmm. How is she being homophobic and racist in the same breath? It takes... Uh, oh, my yeah. God. <laughs> Her economy of words what? is really impressive. She fit a lot of racism into only a few words. Really it impressive. is insane to me. <laughs> I hate it. Yeah. But then we get Dr. Holly. Heck yeah. Yep. She rolls up and she is pissed. Yeah. And the white moms are cracking up. They think this is hilarious. They love watching this whole thing go down. And what? Holly's like, yeah, this is offensive. Yeah, it's not this a is real racist. issue to them. It's no, because it's like, not their issue. It's like they're watching TV. Yeah. They're like, oh, it's fine. Let her, you know, she's doing an ethnic dance. It's fine. Right. Um, and it's just very, it's just very strange. Um, and I've said this before, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna say it probably until I take my last breath. Women need to let other women be angry. It's okay. Let Holly be upset. It's okay. We've seen this so many times where a mom will get upset about something that is a very valid, legitimate concern. And the other moms are like, oh, it's fine. No, it's not let her be angry it's okay it's like people are so and other women are so afraid of other women being angry let her be angry it's okay it's just i don't know it's just so frustrating i think that men so frequently have 
like told women that they are crazy or spoken about women that whenever they voice any sort of emotion mm -hmm. at all that they are crazy then now it's like almost even conditioned you mean that they're upset right um that they, well that they show any emotion at all regardless anger sadness frustration whatever mm -hmm. and men just have chalked that up to oh she's just being ridiculous she's just being crazy she's or just being dramatic that now that now women also are like maybe subconsciously trying to protect one another or like it's a conditioned thing that mm -hmm. they're just like uh oh she's gonna get called crazy so we all should just like remove ourselves from this or tell her to calm down or whatever mm -hmm. I, I i wonder not me telling women how their thoughts are or how they've been conditioned or whatever i'm just saying I, I wonder if that plays into it at all well i think it's internalized misogyny exactly women grow up hating women because we're raised in a patriarchal society where men hate women where men hate women exactly that, so yeah, that exactly is point. i think that is what it boils down to it's just very Frustrating. Again, as a mm. woman who operates from anger a lot of the time, I find it most beneficial when I'm when I find myself in relationships where people let me be angry. If I am in a relationship, whatever that means, with somebody who doesn't allow me to be my angriest self, that makes me think that the person I'm with wants me to not be the most honest version of myself because they can't hang with the anger. And that's stupid. What do you think Holly's going to do? Punch you? No, she's talking about racial inequality. Yeah. She deserves to be upset about that. Absolutely. Like, come on. Mm -hmm. It's so, it's just very frustrating. It's also not hard. You know what I mean? I love listening to another woman be angry. It gasses me up. I love it. Be angry. Let's go. I, who do you want me to fight? <laughs> Let's go. Let's yeah. go. I will take out whoever this is with you. Let's go. It builds camaraderie. Let her be angry. Build up a bond, a woman to woman bond. Like it, I never I'll never understand why a woman would want to shut down healthy anger. I get it. I get why men do it. Men are afraid of women because women right. are too powerful. But yes. Why would you want to shut it down on another woman? Just let her be angry. It's and I also think that her anger comes from the angry black woman stereotype oh, or the yeah. people's fear of her anger, I should say, comes from that. Right. People are like, oh, we don't, you know, subconsciously, we don't want to have an angry black woman on our team or whatever. Mm -hmm. Because there was another time that Holly was upset about the costumes in the second episode and people started shutting down Holly again. Very interesting that when Christy is screaming and threatening to hit people, it's it's funny, and we can talk about it over a glass of wine tomorrow. Right. But when Holly is upset about her child being racially profiled, all of a sudden she's being irrational? What? Yeah. What? It's just very confusing. Strange. I don't get of, it. Yeah, that's a very <laughs> Why? odd time to pick certain battles over others. It's a very odd battle to pick. It's really disappointing. That's that's just what it is. It's, so, it's such a bummer. So the white moms love it. Holly is pissed. Classic. That's where we land. Yeah. Abby tells Holly that in addition to this number, she's putting her in a cheetah print costume that is so effing ugly. It it's makes not. me it makes me feel offended that I have eyes. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's offensive to seeing people. It's just so freaking ugly. Yeah. And she says she she tells Holly that she wants Nia in an afro. 
Yeah, my mouth fell open when she said that. I was like, <laughs> I, like I, I was just like, dude, no shot. She's really buying. She's going after it this hard. Yeah. Like she's oh, just yeah. checking she's every box. Confidently racist. Oh my God. It's yeah, insane. That's the thing. She's it's, out here saying it with her full chest. Oh, yeah. I am a racist. Yeah. She's real proud of it. And she also like in 2022, we now know these other things. So she's made racist comments to people behind the scenes as well. Mm. Um, so we know she's an actual, or I don't know if hopefully she's been reformed and she's like, you know, I'm learning toxic patterns of behavior, blah, blah, blah. Right. At the time, she's a racist. Right. In 2011, she was a racist. Oh, I forgot to say what date this came out. It came out in 2011 sometime. She's, and so then Abby asks, Abby asks uh, Holly if she already has an Afro. She says, do you already have one? Like and assuming. Ho yeah. And Holly, God love her, is able to be funny because she goes, oh, I just changed purses. I don't have it in this one. And I was like, absolutely go get her, yeah. Dr. Holly. Yeah. Well, she's used to having to navigate these kinds of waters. Oh, yeah. When people are just, I just like, I just changed being purses just like crazy racist. And yeah. she's just able to deflect because of, like you said, the whole trope about being an angry black woman or yeah, whatever. So and so stupid. she's so used to it. She, she has more patience than anyone else in that room. <laughs> she's the most, she's the mom who gets in the least amount of fights. Yeah. I Well, and also, did you clock where she came from before she, like, on, on her way to dance where she came from? She's the principal of a school. Dang. Dr. Holly. She's a doctor. She's a doctor in education. Doctor, I heard yes. doctor. I for whatever she's a, reason she's like, a principal medicine but. she's like mm -mm, whatever this this crazy white woman thing you've got going on up in this gig i don't have time for it i yeah. she's like i'm a principal i have other things to do you cannot phase me yeah dr holly i love hair love her um and i think also holly not that she has to say this um but she provides a lot of context that I think is helpful for non-black people who don't understand, specifically white people who don't understand why she's upset about this, who would be like, it's just a costume. She says, there is nothing wrong with, with the Laquifas of the world and that black experience. That is not my black experience and that's not Nia's. So yep. for us, it's a caricature and it's a costume and it feels wrong. It's wrong. And I enjoyed her perspective just i mean for obvious reasons but i'm also glad that the lifetime kept that in absolutely because i think it would have been really easy for them to cut it out oh very and to just be like look at holly and, but they paint her as a very as the rational person person she is yeah they really made her her stance valid they kept she she was incredibly tactful mm -hmm. and calm through like the entire con like shockingly calm i would have flown off the handle yeah. like one <laughs> sentence out of abby's mouth Same. and i'm making i would have punched her probably but yeah dr holly dr. was holly. incredible she was she was calm and tactful and patient mm -hmm. and she like even tried to make like some mild jokes to try and like mm -hmm. ease the tension because she saw abby getting worked up yep. more than she dr holly was yeah and uh i think oh wait i had a thought and then i lost it don't you hate that oh. bottom of the pyramid <laughs> truly um oh I think it's not Holly's job to educate people. I mean, nope. she's a principal, but like, it's not her job in this way to educate people. I said the joke before you could. No, okay. I, I was yeah. beating you to the punch. You saw the gears. turning. I, I did. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to intercept it before you got to it. Um, but it's not black people's job to educate white people, right? It's not disabled people's job to educate um, averagely abled people non-disabled people it's not anybody's job to educate anybody else on their experience 
But I do appreciate that Holly had the wherewithal to understand the demographic. Mm -hmm. She's also at a PWI, right? Every other mom in there is white. So she, I think, does a good job at taking a step back and saying, if we're really going to fix this problem, it starts here. It starts at my dance studio. And Lifetime can keep it in if they want. If they don't, that's on them. But Holly tries to very gracefully and very graciously educate the white moms that are with her, which yeah. I just think is nice. And she she brought up the point that, you know, she chose to make her stand here because like uh I I think she said oppression lies or uh like politics lies with like who has power. Like yes. it's really important who has power. Mm -hmm. And she says Abby has power control of how she wants Nia portrayed. Yeah. And that's really important. Like mm -hmm. that Nia should have or or people like Nia should have control over how they portray themselves mm -hmm. you know and so it it became a conversation about power and and i thought i again i've said this four times now but she was she was incredible she was yeah. really great um and then abby claps back with the age-old um <laughs> opinion that um black people have an advantage because they get scholarships oh again yeah she, she says the that mlk she says scholarship some, yeah she says somewhat i don't she dropped she name drops a dancer i don't remember the name but then she says well, they're not going to college on an MLK scholarship. And Holly what? just doesn't, she, water off a duck's back. No, she, she moves on to the next point. She's, she's like, that. I don't even have time to unpack the BS that you just said <laughs> yeah. to my face. Yeah. I've like, got to move on. <laughs> does not compute. I'm not dealing with that. I mean, yikes. So now we're, uh, we're at the bar and Holly says, I never drink, but after today, I need it. <laughs> I was yeah. like, pop. You uh, go, girl. Holly. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then Kelly, Brooke and Paige's mom, says Holly's being overly dramatic. And she says that Brooke gets typed a lot as an acro dancer. And that Nia getting typecasted as Laquifa is the same thing. Your thoughts? Uh, <laughs> how close can I get to the mic? No, it's not the same thing. Yeah. It's my not even close. Goodness. It's not even close. Oh my God. At the end of the day, your child gets to stop being a dancer. We all Nia doesn't have stop problems. getting to be black. We're all yeah, she does but, not get to stop being black. <laughs> yeah. But no, all of our problems are the same and they're all equal. And so we all are in this together. No, no you're, you're not. not. No, you're not. Oh <laughs> you God. are wrong. Yeah. It's not a matter of opinion. You're wrong. Um, and then Again, Holly's expressing really real concerns. Christy and Kelly are, and she and Holly says stuff like this is just as bad as, and then she lists these other racial stereotypes that Nia could fall into. I'm not going to say them, but she she lists them. And Christy and Kelly are like, "Oh my gosh, I can't believe you would think that." And Holly is being gaslit. Holly's being gaslit, yeah. and she's like, "What do you mean? How could I think that? That's what's happening." Right. And they're like, "Oh, don't say that, Holly. That's not that bad." And then it cut to commercial. Yeah. So we can all dwell in the horrible conversation right. that just happened. But I am very glad, again, that Lifetime is painting Holly as the rational one in this situation. Well, she is. she Because she is. But it would have been very easy for them to not do that. And Absolutely. they, I think, consciously chose the right side of history. Good on you, Lifetime. Yeah. For once. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, okay. After we come back from commercial, we're headed out. We're ready to go. Time to go to the competition. Um, Abby is passed 
out okay. on the bus, slumped over a, a mouth a, hanging open. I mean, like chin on her sternum, <laughs> mouth open. And the kids put gummy worms in her mouth while she's sleeping, So, <laughs> which is awesome. When I was in college band, I fell asleep on a charter bus just like this. And my friends did the same thing. <laughs> they got three gummy bears into my mouth before I woke up. And nice. I, I did you choke? Had, I had already partially eaten them. No, no, no. I was eating gummy bears in my sleep. <laughs> I'm committed to it, man. Hey, God, that, gummy bears don't get past me. <laughs> that is hilarious. But yeah, I thought Abby responded really well. Like she, she, she looked up she and in her, you know, half awake confusion with a gummy worm in her mouth, she sees the kids giggling, and you could see her smile, yeah. which was yeah. which was nice. Yeah. Um, they're running. So they get to the competition. They're being set up in whatever room they're supposed to be set up in to get to, you know, prepare, um, getting their hair done, doing their makeup, all these things. Abby comes in and says that the competition, the organization is 30 minutes ahead of schedule. Mm -hmm. So they have to get ready ASAP. You know, there's a a little bit of extra pressure, which it looks like most of the kids are almost ready to go anyway. So there's not a ton. It's not like they just got there and they have to go on in 10 minutes, you know? Mm -hmm. Most of them look pretty ready as it is. Melissa is doing this thing. And I, if you are a person who's ever put in a bobby pin, I want you to imagine this. Melissa has Maddie's head tilted towards the floor. She's opened a bobby pin with her teeth and is scraping up her daughter's scalp to jam the bobby pin underneath her French twist. It is a, it is such a painful thing to watch because Maddie starts to flinch because that hurts mom. And Melissa's like, be an adult. Maddie, grow she, up. She says, act like a grown-up. Act like a grown-up. Act like a grown-up, you eight, seven-year-old. Yeah. Ridiculous. And Maddie, that hurts. Like, that is a very painful thing to feel on your on your dome. Like, that yeah. hurts, dog. And she's just like, ah, scraping her hair. She wasn't even act complaining. Act like an adult. She wasn't even complaining. She just, like, winced Flinching out of bit. pain. Yeah. Act I, like an adult. Feel no pain like adults do. Yeah. <laughs> it's so stupid. When I do that kind of thing to myself, I cry. I'm like, ow, that hurts. Or like when I like barely like my skin with like a curling iron or something, I'm like, okay, my day's ruined. And I'm an adult. You know what I mean? So she's handling it way better than I would have. See, that's why I don't curl my hair anymore. Right, 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 right. Kelly says that she feels bad for Maddie because Melissa's always freaking out. Um you know, she's always like, well, before you know, the last few minutes, Maddie's always stressed and Melissa freaks out. And I feel kind of bad for Maddie. I'm like, join the club, girl. We all feel kind yeah, of bad for, for sure. Maddie. And then Abby mentions to the girls that there are 1,500 entries That's at this event. That is a ton. I, I just wrote that just a random fact, but that is a lot of people. Um, The costumes that they're wearing are not great. Nope. They're not they're probably, you know, on a on a scale of like what's okay and what's not okay. They're probably closer to the not okay, but it's not the worst thing we've seen. Um, I wouldn't know, but I I felt it very not okay. Yeah. So you have different context <laughs> and perspective than I do, right? I felt that it was not awesome. Yeah, can confidently confirm. Yep, not awesome. I do want to know what the difference is between these outfits and the ones we saw in the second episode in the wildly inappropriate episode. They look almost the same. Um, And then also Maddie is the only one wearing a vest. It's just very, I don't understand what the vision is for these costumes. I have some thoughts for the the costume or the seamstress. Oh, I have some notes for her. Um, 
Nia really messes up. She like really messes up. There she, were several. Yeah, she she's not with the group. You know, like the group is performing and she's like, I mean, four feet stage right of everybody else. She misses a jump. She jumps and does this um, this move before everybody else. She tumbles wrong. She, I mean, she makes some pretty obvious mistakes to even the untrained eye. Like, I mean, she pretty, she like, she messes up. Uh, Maddie's the only one wearing a jacket, which is just weird. Um, seamstress, call me. Let me know if you would like my opinion. Um, Maddie, after they get off the stage, Maddie is freaking out. Did you see this? Yeah. She's like sobbing. Yeah. And she did what I would consider surprisingly like a, a very like mature thing. Mm -hmm. And that Tell the uh, she was crying and, and Abby, I believe mm -hmm. asked her, why are you crying? She says, Oh, I twisted my ankle. But when I jumped we, off the chair. Yeah. Right. But we know that she was sad because the routine didn't go well right. because of Nia, but right. she's not going to be a jerk and call Nia out mm -hmm. or say anything like that. She's like, Oh, I just had an injury and boom, crisis averted that I thought that was crazily like kind and mature of her. Yeah, I when kids do stuff like that, for me, it raises a couple of red flags because to me, your your child now is aware that someone else is going to be punished and finds that prospect so grim that she's going to lie to get out of that. She doesn't want Nia punished. She doesn't want to see that happen. So I'll just lie because the consequences of lying if she's caught may not be as bad as what she thinks someone else is going to have to go through because of her snitching on somebody. Right. Abby saw whose fault it was and is going to probably lay into Nia next week. Mm -hmm. But Maddie, and that is just concerning to me because she is so young. I just, I mean, we, we know she's okay because she's super famous now, but as a child, knowing that and taking on that savior role is very stressful. It me. is interesting. Are you the oldest? Of, I ask you this almost every time we hang out. Are you the oldest? I am the oldest, so I know exactly okay. what You can speak did. to this because I'm the youngest, so I messed up and my sister used to lie for me. So yeah. I don't know what that's like. I just no. know what it's like to be me. My, uh, my, I have two younger brothers uh, that are two and a half and four years younger than me. And that was like... Uh, to get to for our therapy session, uh, my father <laughs> moved out when we were uh, when we were ten, and so like uh -huh. I I bore the brunt sure. of responsibility. You know, uh, mm -hmm. any anything that our mother was going to send our way, I took most of it, and mm -hmm. so I did what Maddie did a lot. Mm -hmm. Is that like, oh, I you know who knocked this over? Like, I know that the youngest did it. <laughs> I know he did, but I no, I don't know, mom. Sorry. Yeah, uh, I'll maybe just, it's I, fine. Yeah, yeah, maybe I was running through and I did it or something like that. And so yeah. it was that's broke when we found it. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, that's Someone how it, it was like that when we woke up. Um, yeah. But so I see a lot of that in Maddie. Mm -hmm. And I thought I was being like mature and, and bold for my brothers, you know, standing right. up for them. Right. So I, I kind of saw the same thing in, in her. Mm -hmm. But I definitely understand how you viewed that as someone who didn't yeah. maybe personally go through that. Yeah. Before. Um, then we cut to Kathy, who's inquiring about the photogenic contest. Ugh. And I have questions. Because later on in this episode, we're going to see the judges looking at the glossies, looking at the photos and like talking about them. Kathy gets Vivi's pictures taken at the competition. Were you not supposed to submit them? You know what I mean? Like... Did would the, you, yeah, did the photographer choose those? Because she was unhappy with the yeah, ones that were there. Well, and also, like, did all these other kids get their picture taken today at the competition? 
Or did they have stacks of eight by 10 glossies that they just bring everywhere like a regular professional does? You know what I mean? Like, why would you get your photo taken at the photo contest? When do you get your photo taken prior to and then bring it with you? Yeah, probably. I don't know. It was just, again, I think the I have whole questions for the thing, editors. Start to finish is bizarre. <laughs> so, like, <laughs> right. that detail, yeah. did, I, that didn't <laughs> even phase didn't me. didn't even register. I, no, nothing. <laughs> well, I, I just have questions. Um, <laughs> the photographer gives Kathy so many faces yes. of, like, what is this mom doing? What is she telling to her child? What is going on? Well, yeah. The photographer is not wrong for doing this either, Mm -mm. I don't think. No, the photographer's like, whatever. Um, Kathy cannot apply fake eyelashes to save her life. If it was caught between applying a fake eyelash properly and dying, we would be attending her funeral. Damn. It, she cannot, and she does it all the time. And Vivi's eyelash is about halfway up the lid, and she looks ridiculous. And, yes. and then Kathy's like, your eyelashes look bad, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, yeah, girl, the call is coming from inside the house. Yeah, you put those lashes on. Whose, whose fault? fault is that? <laughs> it's not Vivi's. God yeah. love her. It's not her fault. Um, I also put that Vivi's doing that thing that kids do where when someone's like, okay, smile, they just like show their show teeth. teeth. Yeah, they're just like, showing my teeth. I'm smiling now. I've got adult friends that do that. Yeah. Like, they, no one ever <laughs> told them like, hey, you look a little weird when you do that. Think of you, something funny. Yeah, smile with your whole face. But yeah, like a seven-year-old doesn't know that, so they're just like, smile, teeth, teeth. done. Smiles equals teeth. Mission accomplished. Yeah. Um, okay, it's time for the awards for the squad, the group awards time. Oh, I could not understand what my notes say. Okay, now I get it. So there, there is four tenths that separate first from third. Mm-hmm. So they're all really close. Yeah. They get second. Yeah. Which is sad because in Abby's eyes, they're the first loser. Yeah. Right. She takes that very antiquated approach. Um, Ricky Bobby. Yes. And the person who's giving out awards mentions that the first place person is going to be the world champion. I have questions. Yeah. First of all. What? (laughs) (laughs) That doesn't. When. When. uh, When. People go to the Olympics and they win the gold. They are the world champion. This is happening in Connecticut at a resort. <clears throat> and there are only 1,500, pe- 1500 entries there. Right. That's not a world anything. No. That's I, Connecticut. Yeah. I wonder if this person was just like trying to hype it up. and I guess. It's just be weird dramatic. I don't get it. It's like when the NFL says world champions. There are only teams in the United <laughs> States of America. You're the only one there. That's it. You're competing against yourself. Yourself. Yeah. This is stupid. So they get second. So now we cut to Melissa talking about um, Maddie's like, or no, I'm sorry. Maddie is now preparing for her solo. And her mom is talking to her about how much she misses her mom and how her mom is watching her from heaven. And she gives her this little angel pin. Um, She also, at the same time, slam dunks on her kid because she's like, me and my mom got along so well. We don't fight like me and you do. Yeah. And she said, uh, (laughs) oh, God, I wrote it down. She says, uh, you know, yeah, my mom and I didn't fight. You're just so much of a perfectionist. Yeah. Just like bro dang putting the blame on your child yeah i was a better daughter than you is basically what she's saying right yeah chill out melissa also i 
have concerns about this kind of conversation being handled this kind of way. Children are very deeply affected by loss and by death. We know this. Science tells us this. If you believe in science, you know this to be true. That a young, impressionable brain processing what death is, is a very touchy subject. And so for Melissa to be evoking this kind of imagery of someone always watching, someone that she has missed, it's very scary, very upsetting language for a seven-year-old. What is she? She's tossing a toy around. Oh, okay, never mind. I thought she had grabbed your keys. (laughs) Oh, no, she Um, tried for a second. She's smarter than that. But yeah, like, I don't understand why we have to be talking about this right now. Well, it's because we're on TV and Lifetime made her. But you know what I mean? It just makes me feel kind of icky talk about let's talk about death and the grieving process with our children at an appropriate time and place at a dance competition right before she competes yeah not the time nor the place probably not ideal uh so then melissa go or melissa maddie goes up on stage she's dancing melissa is weeping yeah weeping unwell weeping to be fair she did a fantastic job also, did you clock that there's a time uh, time signature change in the song? Did you see that or did you hear that? I legitimately not listening to the song at all. It goes from what feels like a very cut and dry 4-4 four, four into like a 6-8. Ooh, how delightful. Or like a 3-4, something like that, that was just very like, and she just kept going. She just, she totally nailed it. So whatever counts she had going in her brain, the 5, 6, 7, 8s, had to have changed. Because the time signature of the song has changed. Like Not it didn't it obviously didn't change what numbers she's counting, but it would have changed the pace of the numbers. Mm-hmm. And she just did it. And with no hesitation at all. I yeah, I it's you crazy. and I were talking through a decent bit of it, so I wasn't listening to music anyway. But like I, I recognize like that kid's legit talented. Oh yeah. I, that's that's all I was focusing on. She's Star she quality. was really good. And yeah. of course her mom was just falling apart <laughs> in the audience. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Now we're going to move on to Holly getting ready, Nia. And Kathy, in a very strange turn of events, is uh, on the right side of history because she says, yeah, Holly, this doesn't feel right. You sh- Nia shouldn't be doing this just because she's an African-American student. And I have in my notes, if Kathy mentions that something is wrong with you, look inward. Right. If she can clock it, larger issues to address. Have you seen the meme where it's like uh, a newspaper clipping and it says, like, breaking, worst person you know makes a good point? <laughs> yes. That that immediately perked up in my head. I was like, well, yep, that's she is awful, but she's absolutely correct. <laughs> she said, I don't want to dress like the help, but also I support your daughter. Yeah. It was just, I don't do not understand her. It's a roller coaster of an episode. She is an enigma. Um, Kelly, oh. what, what were you going to say? I was just going to say she also joked about like stealing her for her studio. Yes. Did you know Kathy has a dance studio? Yes. Yes. So Kathy's like, well, if you don't like Abby, you can come dance for me. Yeah. And then, then we just keep moving. Like kind of jokingly, but, but like also maybe kind of the front. editor. Yeah. Maybe the editors left that in there for a reason. Very interesting. Um, Kelly, oh, this is when Kelly makes the comment about Brooke being typed as an acro dancer. This is when that happens. Mm. Not that it matters the placement, but it's but still. it's still. Yeah. So then we see a lot of numbers that are entered that we really, I didn't even know these were happening until 
there was footage. Vivian McKenzie have a duet. Brooke has a solo. Paige has a solo. Chloe has a solo. Which means that everybody is doing something plus the group number this week. Yeah, it seemed very much like an afterthought, but yeah. like that's it, that's really important. Like yeah. the kids have to learn multiple dances. Yeah, and in the fourth, I believe it was the fourth episode, um, all of the kids get dances and Maddie gets two, and all of the kids having solos is a huge deal. But now two episodes later, it's fine. Or three episodes later, it's fine. Mm. It's just very weird the way that this was paced out. If they didn't want us to to know, they just shouldn't have showed them. I don't know. Just, again, questions for the editors. Right. After these after these solo performances, we get footage of the judges deliberating about Vivi's photo. Yeah. Um, a lot of them make the comments, it's too theatery, it's too stage ready, she's wearing stage makeup. And I just don't under, it's a low quality photograph, which yikes to the photographer. Yeah. Um, and I think what they're doing is like, they're looking for a child model. They're looking for what, well, what really any modeling agency looks for is someone who by themselves looks good. They're not looking for someone who only looks good with makeup on. They're looking for someone who looks good constantly. Right. And so shellacking her face with makeup is not the move in this kind of competition. So they're making comments about, that kind of stuff. Well, yeah, it kind of further enforces the fact that like probably a lot of other kids got their pictures taken before yes. the competition. Yeah. And they're like, is she wearing her costume she, as though like that's yeah, a silly thing to do? Literally, one of them says it looks like she's about to go on stage. It's because she is because she, she did this was, last yes. minute. Yeah. <laughs> um, also, one of the judges who's sitting in the center of this panel. So it makes me think that she's like the head judge. She says she's wearing sequins, which is fine if you wear sequins all the time, but but I don't think she does. And then she says, I mean, I wear sequins all the time. And the man next to her gives her the side eye and goes, girl, I know you do. <laughs> <laughs> which I like, loved. Yeah, yep. girl, I know you do. <laughs> yeah. Amazing. Um, then we move on to individual awards. Maddie wins the title. She wins her sixth crown. And she wants to go for double digits. Uh-huh. Aiming high. Very sad. Kathy gets her photos back. She is pissed that Vivi didn't win. She blames the photographer, says the photographer was bad. These are low quality photos. I can't believe. No wonder he's not a professional. He's only shooting competitions. He's not Oof. good enough. Blah, 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 whatever. Okay. Pop off, Kathy. Yeah, right. Um, now it's Nia's turn to compete. I think Nia and, Ma- Nia and Maddie must have been in different age categories yeah it seems so that must that had to have been or a horrific editing yeah again snafu questions for the editors Mm -hmm. um anyway now we're seeing nia um abby before nia dances this i don't know if you saw this i almost spit out my coffee when abby said this she said that the dances she teaches nia come from a heritage and they need to be done correctly yeah i almost did a spit take are you are you joking (laughs) my butt <laughs> that is so like oh it she must have not ever have heard anything ever in her life to be that tone deaf you exactly. know what i mean right uh, whose hair what heritage what knowledge does she i can't even get a sentence out it because let's let's back up nia is black abby right. is not right so that's not what it is yeah we have no evidence to support the idea that abby could be a drag performer so probably not that. Though I love the idea of that. Though. And because of the affiliation between the drag community and the gay community, we have no reason to believe that Abby is gay either. 
So what heritage do you think you're imparting to this child, Miss Thing? Where is the learning? Where is the done correctly? Where is that coming from? It's from for what? Sh- it's for sure a comment on race. And she thinks she knows what black heritage looks and feels and sounds like. And it's, it's just such a mockery. Yeah. Also the, the, the quality of the music, not, I shouldn't say the quality, the style of the music is not the same style. And Maddie gets this very like lilting lullaby of a song. Nia's getting house music and house music is just a different feel. Yeah. There's not as much substance to it, right? Because it's right. meant to play in the background of something. It's not meant right. to be the focal point of whatever event you're at, um, where you're lucky enough to hear Shangela's music. You, you know, it's just playing in the background, right? Um, and also Nia doesn't really dance. She just kind of choreographically walks across she, the stage. Yeah, she just like struts around. Yeah, she, it's not, re- I mean, it's not really anything. And then Abby's like, well, that's all she can do, which <clears throat> that might be fair. I don't know, but- I mean, it didn't really look like she gave her much of anything to do. Yeah. I sorry, the cat. She just, almost chose you. She and then she, she said touched no. my finger. I we had a great <gasps> moment just now. Leave, please leave this in the podcast. I, want I will. On I'll leave it in. That she just sniffed my finger uh, <laughs> and then walked away. <laughs> and then immediately walked away. Um, yeah, I. The thing with solos though is like if she's out of sync or whatever, nobody. It's true. That's the beauty. That, no so, one knows. So give her give her something. Give her some sort of substance. And the thing yeah. is, if you want oh, no. to give some like <laughs> so, like exploration of black heritage, first of right. all, research it. Second of all, there is so much that you yeah. can do. Black people invented dancing. Yeah. So... Crazy. And also music. Like yeah. that the whole thing. There's so much there that you can explore. And she, it's it's insulting how little she gave her. Yeah. And and and, but then does it in the name of Black Heritage or yeah, something? Yeah, like whatever, dude. Don't piss on my leg and tell me it's raining. You yeah. know what I mean? Just say what it is. Right. Um, I also meant to mention this earlier, and I it slipped my mind that that especially in dance, in the dance world, Black dancers are notoriously at a disadvantage. Like that is a very commonly known fact that um. Misty Copeland, the famous ballerina. Yeah, exactly. She is a she's the one of the very first incredibly famous black ballerinas. I believe she dances with the New York Ballet. I could be wrong about that. Somebody fact check me, send me an email, let me know how dumb I am. Hi everyone. This is editing Amanda. Misty Copeland was the first black woman to become a principal dancer at the American Ballet Theater. That is the fact um, that deserves to be stated because I said something that is a thousand percent just not true. Um, But yes, first black woman to become a principal ballet dancer at the uh, American Ballet Theater. Yes, that's the fact. Um, But the but like the industry that creates. Oh, my gosh, my cat. (laughs) The. the like manufacturers of ballet slippers didn't start manufacturing black silk ballet slippers until like two years ago. They've always been pink to blend in with your skin. Wow. Right. Tights that are sold to dancers, leggings that they wear when they dance are usually quote unquote flesh colored and they're pink. Yeah. So flesh color. Who's who's flesh? flesh. Yeah, whose flesh is that color? And I'm not Nia's. It's you know what I mean? Like she is not at some sort of advantage because she's quote unquote 
ethnic. Oh, dear it, God. In fact, we have a lot of media to prove that that is the opposite of the truth. Black dancers are notoriously discriminated against. It's a right. very commonly known fact. So miss me like the broad side of a bus with that because that is just not true. Yeah. Dr. Holly pulls Abby onto the lobby to talk. She's like, Abby, let's go. You meet in the hallway. And she says, Holly tells Abby she thinks that the dance that she had Nia do is very stereotypical. Right. And Abby's like, yeah, it is. And what? Yeah. Yeah. This is where the doubling down thing was. She's like, that that was the goal. Yeah. I'm glad to know that we achieved that. And what? This was actually more the conversation I was alluding to earlier when I said that Holly was like incredibly tactful. This yes. was where it got like more in depth. Right? Yes. Yeah. I was misremembering. Yeah. But I, my point still stands that I, man, I would not have Ugh. kept my cool like Holly did. I don't know Dude. how she did that. Dude, I, I have two I have two flaws, in just like in general. My first flaw is that I have a crush on Jake Paul. Ugh. The second flaw what? I have, I don't want to talk about it. I want to say that sentence, and I don't want to we'll talk about on. it anymore. Right. <laughs> my second flaw is that when I get angry, I cry. Like, I have lots of angry tears. If I were Holly, there's no way Abby and I would have been able to have a civil conversation. I would have been snotty and teary and freaking out the whole time. And Holly is like, looks her dead in the face and is like, you're stereotyping my black child. Mm -hmm. And it's just, and I'm not saying that if she did cry, it would be any less of a valuable experience or valid experience, I should say. But Abby would have capitalized on that. You know, she would have been like, you're being really emotional. Yeah, Why are you making crying? making a scene right now. Yeah. Oh, don't do this in the lobby. This is embarrassing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But yeah, she's just like, this is stupid. Um, uh, Abby doesn't care. Duh. She says, Holly is making this problem up and she blames all of it on Nia's technique. Like I already said, I only gave her what she could handle. She sucks as a dancer. Stupid. Not a good argument. Um, now she mentions, Abby mentions that, she, that Holly pays her $250 a month to me. That is not $250 worth of attitude. You know what I mean? That you, sure. you've got the attitude of someone who's charging like $600 a month. 250 for this mm -hmm. for your child to confidently walk around a stage and be made fun of by a racist. Right. I, I'm not telling Holly how to live or anybody how to live, especially on this show because they did sign, they do sign contracts and we find out later that because one of the kids wants, one of the moms wants to leave. I can't remember who it is. No spoilers. Um, but Abby tells them that if they leave, that they're liable for a million dollars for breaking the contract. And outrageous. it's in the contract that they signed. So we can talk about that kind of stuff. Extortion all day. My cat just fell off her cat tree. Are you good, girl? She landed on her feet, though. It was really quite she, graceful. Cats yeah. always land on their feet. She didn't earlier. She landed in that Sweet little baby. hammock thing on her backside. <laughs> Bless. Holly claps back and says, yeah, I pay $100,000 a year in private school tuition. And you think I can't afford you? Yeah. And Abby, I, the sound of her backpedaling is deafening. I didn't say you couldn't afford me. That's not what I said. That's not what I said. I'm saying. And Holly's like, no, you called me poor. And that's not true. That is absolutely 100% not true. And she says, be careful with your words, Abby. I mean, you want to talk about who has the power? Dr. Uh -huh. Holly. Yeah. <laughs> I, it is so <laughs> Yeah. So the good. mic drop moment. I, I'm... Mm -hmm. I, Again, I'm not familiar with the show. I have not watched all the way through like you and some of your other guests probably have. Mm -hmm. I don't know what happens, but I hope that we see more of Holly being awesome mm -hmm. and strong and mm -hmm. confident and putting her foot down when her foot needs to be put down. In a very accessible way. Yeah. You know, she is laying it out. Abby, this is why you're what you're doing is offensive. 
this is why you bother me. You know, it's very obvious. There's no, she's, she's dumbing it down for Abby. Right. You know what I mean? She's getting down to her level of yeah. being dumb and explaining the problem to her. <laughs> Which, you know, I, you do what you gotta do. Well, you and I know that's what I have to do for you a lot. Uh, you know, fair. I have to dumb it down for you. I'm, I'm, I'm shockingly stupid. <laughs> It's not a shock to me, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> to your listeners, it might come as a shock. Uh, I'm probably the dumbest person Amanda knows. Uh, yeah, probably. Um, Abby, <laughs> Abby also claims that Holly just doesn't understand what it takes to be a dancer, which that is the biggest cop out ever. Yes. You just don't get it. You don't get it. Yeah. And like, okay, what am I supposed to say to that? Right. I don't get it. Great. You know, that is just the way for her to, to end the conversation and not have to take any sort of accountability for being a racist. Correct. Wow. And that's it. And then we fade to the credits and fade to black and the Hulu auto plays the next episode. And that's it. That was a heck of an ending too. Like I, 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 I was hoping there would be like another like three to four minute scene <laughs> of, of Holly like, just like dunking on Abby. Well, well, not even just like more of a, uh, not even like an apology, but like just seeing them maybe back in the studio, like, uh, at least having like something of a friendly conversation together, just like, and this is how we're wrapping things up with a nice sure. little bow, blah, nope. blah. Nope. Not for this one. What, what's the song that you think would make a good dance? It is return of the Mac by Mark Morrison. I think that it would be like a very fun. You will know this song. If you don't already, you will know the mm -hmm. song when you hear it, Okay. but it is just like a really fun kind of like older style, uh, like, almost hip hoppy, a little bit of like soul feel to it. Like R and B. Uh yeah. R and B. I love R and B. Oh yeah. God. So here I'll I'll play it on my phone and hopefully if you I have it turned up. Skate that's what i'm saying like i think it would just be like a really fun like almost casual playful thing mm -hmm. oh yeah yeah you know the song for sure i i think it's delightful and it's so much fun i love that <laughs> all right well you that guys is nice i love that yeah return of the mac by mark morrison um i picked the song alter by kalani um, just because I like the way it sounds and Kalani, no wait. I'm not going to say that because I could be wrong about that. And I'm not, I don't want to be wrong on my own podcast. <laughs> not any more times than I have to be, <laughs> than I yeah. probably will end up being. Um, but it's similar in like feeling. Um, and it's like a song about, uh, a song about being in love with someone and, thinking of them the way that you would think of someone that you would set up an altar for. So like, I will light candles. I will bring food for, uh, to allow a space where you and I can be together. I just think it's nice. I love this song. That is kind of a similar vibe, right? I love that song. I think it would make, hang on. I'm going to Google this. 
I don't want to say something stupid. You've already taken up all of the the you know allotted stupid things to be said on a podcast. Yeah, but here's the thing: if you say something dumb, then it's just like, oh well, that was just Eli bringing her down to his level. It's it's she was dumb by, by osmosis or something. <laughs> oh my gosh, I also can't type. I knew it. Kalani's gay. I was going to say it, but I didn't want to be wrong about it and just be making assumptions. But I think it would be a cool thing for like, you know, adult, not not children, like women to dance to. I think that'd be kind of cool. And I just like the song. That is. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's definitely got a nice groove to it. I like it. Any other thoughts before we end this recording? No, I uh... do you have any social media. Do you you stream? <sighs> Yeah, but not I on OnlyFans, right? <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm uh, just kidding. I haven't. He done does that. not. <laughs> I no. I uh, I haven't done any sort of Twitch streaming in a little while. I have Dang. one, but it's you know it's inactive currently. Who, yeah, who cares? Uh, <laughs> I won't plug any social media. I would just like ask guys, please be nice to each other. Like, there's, holy heck, there's so much like h yeah crap in the world be nice to your teachers yeah please yeah <laughs> go advocate for teachers being paid more oh, and Lord. then just be nice to people yeah That's i love I that well thanks for listening to this episode of the pyramid all of my social media is going to be in the end bumper that's new i recorded a new bumper that is not me being so self-conscious and weird about hearing the sound of my own voice <laughs> uh, i've gotten over that <laughs> um share this podcast with a friend if you know somebody who would enjoy it um I have really enjoyed getting to put these together and I love watching my like estimated audience number, like climb higher and higher. It just really boosts my God complex. Um, so if you <laughs> could do me a solid and share it with a buddy, <laughs> I told y'all before, if you're trying to slide back into your, your crush's life and you need to recommend something to them so you can start talking and being flirty, more than welcome and you support that mission because you're a horn dog so. i'm all about yeah. dm sliding right so from both of us a consensual support for sliding into said dms um via this podcast thanks for listening goodbye bye Thank you for listening to another episode of The Pyramid. You can find us on Instagram at The Pyramid Pod and on Twitter at The Pyramid Pod underscore. Send your thoughts and opinions about Dance Moms as a voicemail to anchor.fm slash pyramid pod or in an email to thepyramidpodcast at gmail.com. If you enjoyed this episode, rate and review us on Apple Podcasts and follow us wherever you get your podcasts.